And with that, let's open in prayer and we'll get started with the message for today. Father, we thank you for all that you've done so far, God. Continue to minister to us through your message today. In your name we pray, amen and amen. So today is part three of our series and I will be speaking on a faithful church, a faithful church. And so there are over 500 geysers in Yellowstone National Park. But there's one geyser that stands out from all the others. It's not the largest geyser, nor does it reach the greatest height, yet it is by far the most popular. Its popularity is due to one thing, its dependability. Because once every 35 to 120 minutes, it shoots a stream of boiling water over 90 feet into the air, and you can practically set your clock by, they call it, Old Faithful. Old Faithful. Now, you can Google what it looks like erupting, but in 2020, Debbie and I got to experience and take in the beauty of Old Faithful. I think we have a video of that here. Let's take a look at it. So you see people like, you hear people exclaiming, you see it. Isn't that amazing? Hmm? If you haven't seen it in person, take a trip to Yellowstone. It's worth it. This famous geyser currently erupts around 20 to 23 times a day and can be predicted with a 90% confidence rate. At least that's what the website says, all right? <laughs> now, there are many things in life you can call fateful. The sun is faithful to rise in the morning and set every night. The tide is faithful to come in and go out. The government is faithful to tax. But there's one thing that is more faithful than all these things put together. And that is God. He is faithful. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says... Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You might have remembered singing this song. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never comes. To an end, they are new every morning, new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. I grew up singing that song. I know, you're probably wondering how old I am now. <laughs> but every day, we as Christians experience the faithfulness of God. When we are touched by sin, God is faithful to keep us in His family. 
1 Corinthians 1, verses 8 and 9 says, He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. When we're tempted to sin, God is faithful to provide a way of escape. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond that, what you can be, beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. When we get tangled in sin, God is faithful to forgive us and cleanse us. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Revelation 19, 11 describes the second coming of Jesus. And here's what it says. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. King Solomon also asked a great question in Proverbs 20, 6. Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? Church, God is looking for faithful men and women. God is looking for faithful men and women. We are also told the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. It doesn't end there, but that's where I'll stop. (laughs) To understand what faithfulness is and what faithfulness does... Jesus told a parable to illustrate the fruit of faithfulness. It is found in Matthew 25. We call it the parable of the talents. And it tells us a few great truths about God and His desire for faithfulness. So this brings me to our first point for this morning. And it's this. Faithfulness requires responsibility. Faithfulness requires responsibility. See, faithfulness is not only something God desires and something that God admires, but it is also something that God requires. Let's read from Matthew 25. We'll start in verse 14. Again, it, and this it is referring to the kingdom of heaven. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. Now, talents here refer to a measure of money. A talent was equivalent to about 6,000 denarii, and one denarius was equal to one day's wage of a common worker. Certainly, This parable deals with money management, but it deals with more than just money management. The application of this parable must be understood within the context of the message of Matthew chapter 24 and 25. 
It is first a message to the people of Israel that will live in the last days before the Lord returns. And the statement in Matthew 24, 13, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved, is a key statement. This is the believing remnant that will receive the promise of the kingdom. Therefore, the application to the people of Israel is those that believe him will be rewarded in his kingdom. The basis of the reward will be their stewardship of the resources that he has entrusted to them. But there's also a universal application. The parable is often interpreted as a lesson about the importance of using one's abilities and resources responsibly and productively. It encourages us to be faithful with what we have been given and not to bury our talents. It's also a reminder that we will be held accountable for our actions. So talents really represent areas of responsibility. In the parable, the master represents God. The servants represent us. You might have noticed that the talents were given from the master to the servants. You see, we are owners of nothing, but we are stewards of everything. These talents represent responsibilities. Now, responsibility is our response to God's ability to use what He has given to us for His glory. By the very fact that God has given to each one of us talents and to each one of us abilities automatically clues us in to the fact that God requires us to be faithful with those things. So let me give you my definition of faithfulness. And it's this. Faithfulness is simply doing your duty until your duty is done. To put it another way, Faithfulness is simply taking every opportunity to use every ability for the glory of God. If you remember, verse 15 tells us that each man was given talents, each according to his ability. Now notice, everyone was given at least one talent. That tells us that every servant was also a steward. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4, 2, Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. So, we're all stewards. And we're all to be faithful in our stewardship. The word stewardship simply means management. So I want to repeat, we are not, we are owners of nothing, but we are managers of everything. Therefore, every one of you, everyone is born with an equal responsibility to take every opportunity to use the abilities you have for the glory of God. And this is why I'm going to say that the greatest ability is dependability. For dependability is simply taking every opportunity to use these abilities for the glory and honor of God. That means... Being faithful is simply giving 100% of your effort 100% of the time. You know, we're living in a society that is more and more teaching us it's okay to just get by. It's okay to just get by. May I tell you something? The only good enough that is good enough for God is your absolute best. Anything less is being unfaithful. 
Because God regards responsibility as a serious matter. And He expects faithfulness in carrying out the responsibilities that has been given to all of us. This brings me to my second point. Faithfulness requires accountability. Faithfulness requires accountability. Let's pick up at verse 16 of Matthew 25. The man who had received the five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. Verse 20. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. So the master returns in the parable. And we're simply told in verse 19, he settled accounts with them. To settle an account simply means to call for an accounting. That is, you ask for accountability. You see, what you have... God gives to you what God gives to you, you are to use. You are accountable to use what God gives you for His glory and pleasure. God has invested talents in each and every one of us. God has tasks for us to fulfill. And God requires a return on His investment. Do you realize that practically every area of our lives involves the opportunity to take responsibility and to be faithful in using our abilities for the glory of God. Let me just share with you some areas in which God demands and expects us to be faithful. We ought to be faithful in our work. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. That means you show up on time. You don't leave early. You give an honest day's wage for an honest day's... You give an honest day's work for an honest day's wage. You do your absolute best because anything less is to be unfaithful. We ought to be faithful with our wealth. Jesus said in Luke 16, 11, So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? In other words, Jesus said, If you cannot be trusted with earthly riches, you cannot be trusted with eternal riches. Basically, Jesus is saying that money is not the currency of heaven. Gold is not the currency of heaven. In fact, they use that for asphalt in heaven. They use it for asphalt up there. If you've ever traveled to another country that doesn't use the U.S. dollar, you'll probably know that you must go to the bank or a foreign exchange business and exchange your dollars for the currency of the land. When you arrive in heaven, you'll find that there are no exchange banks there. Our only opportunity to exchange for heavenly currency is now. It is being faithful now. It is being faithful to the life that He has called us to. 
And in the verse we just read in Luke 16:11, Jesus seems to be drawing a contrast between true riches and false riches. The false riches are the riches of this world that are measured in bank accounts and material possessions. The true riches are the eternal riches. And God has an interesting way of accounting our deposits. It is not how much the deposit was, but it was how much did it cost you. And I know that sounds like a work salvation, but that's not what I'm talking about. It will cost you to deny yourself. It will cost you to be His witness. It will cost you to follow Him. It will cost you to be faithful. Church, are you walking in holiness before the Lord? Because walking in holiness comes at a price and it will cost you. And the moral of this story, the parable that we're looking at, spoken to the disciples is that they were the stewards to whom God was going to entrust His resources. They would be responsible to use them wisely. And as a disciple of Jesus Christ, as a believer today, as a Christian today, as a follower today, He has entrusted you with His goods. Everything you have has come from Him. You are responsible for it, and God will one day call on you to give an accounting. Church, are you being faithful? Another way God expects us to be faithful is in our worship. Romans 12:1 says, Therefore I urge you, Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. The Apostle Paul, who wrote the command for the believers to present themselves as living sacrifices, understood that his life did not belong to him. In his letter to the Galatians, Paul says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. In a spiritual sense, Paul's old self and old life that he lived for himself died with Christ, and his life now is given to him by Jesus. Therefore, Paul lives every day through faith in the life-giving power of of Jesus. You know, and this verse got me thinking, the one about offering up yourselves as living sacrifice from Romans. Do we apply the same standards of faithfulness to our Christian activities that we expect from other areas in our lives? What do I mean by that? Well, I'll tell you. So if our car starts once every three times, is it reliable? If you don't go to work once or twice a month, are you a loyal employee? If our refrigerator stops working for a day or two every now and then, do we say, oh well, it works most of the time? If your water heater provides an icy cold shower every now and then, is it dependable? I mean, it'll surely wake you up, but I don't think that's what you want. Or maybe that's what we do need. If I were to miss a couple of loan payments every year, does the bank say, you know what, Jesse, 10 out of 12 is great? (laughs) That isn't bad. And if we fail to worship God and live a godly life outside of Sundays, would one expect to be called a faithful Christian? 
a faithful follower. Church, we're called to be to faithful worship every day. Every day. I tell you, anything less is being unfaithful. A living sacrifice is to be inwardly transformed and renewed. And this will work its way out in our actions. Salvation is not clean yourself up, get your life together, then Jesus will love you. It's quite the opposite. There's work. You come to Him just as you are. He will work on you. He will clean you up. But in the process, there's work to do. There's work that is involved and we're called to be faithful to it. May I remind you, in all these areas we just talked about, in our wealth, in our work, in our worship, in our witness, in all these areas and more, God is going to require accountability. Accountability. My last point is this. Faithfulness requires dependability. Faithfulness requires dependability. Let's read from verse 20 of Matthew 25. It says, The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Verse 22. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Do you see here how even though... One person had more talents than the other, and probably even more abilities. They each received an equal reward. Church, the Lord is not looking for equal success. He's looking for total faithfulness. Total faithfulness. Get this down. Rewards are not going to be given according to ability, but according to responsibility and according to dependability and according to your faithfulness to the things that He has called you to. 1 Corinthians 3.8 says, Each one will receive his reward according to his own labor. You are not accountable for being the best, but you are accountable for doing your best. You see... Faithfulness is not a matter of temporal success or ecclesiastical recognition or popular acclaim. It is simply a matter of doing your best with the talents and abilities and opportunities that God has given to you and entrusted you over. Do you know that real faithfulness is not seen in big things? It's seen in small things. Do you notice that in verse 21 and 23, the master says to both of these servants, you were faithful over a few things. Where most people get hang up today is by thinking that they're too good for the small things. They want to get on with the big things. Some people say, if only I had a million dollars, all the things I would do for God. The fact is, you'll do the same with a million that you would do with a hundred. Jesus said in Luke 16:10, 
He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. You know, the big things are really made up of small things. We're in a new millennium, right? Started some years ago. And how did we get to this millennium? Well, a millennium is made up of centuries. A century is made up of decades. Decades are made up of years. Years are made up of months. Months are made up of weeks. Weeks are made up of days. Days are made up of hours. Hours are made up of minutes. Minutes are made up of seconds. You get the drift. And seconds make up the moments. It's the little things that make up the big things. Last year I read a book called Atomic Habits. It talks about the power of 1%. If you have some time, I'd encourage you to read that book. But the whole idea is that if you improve in 1% or 1% in a specific area of your life and in this other area and this other area and this other area, over time that 1% accumulates. It's being faithful in the little things. You may not think it is very important to be faithful in the little things, but notice what happened to the unfaithful servant. Verse 24, Then a man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of, so take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have, will be taken from them. Verse 30, And throw, what, throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Harsh, doesn't it seem? I don't know about you, but the only thing I really care about is to come to the end of my life and have the Lord say to me, Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. And there are many persons I can point to in the Bible as an example of faithfulness, but the one that comes to mind is Paul. We recently got done with the book of Acts, and we see Paul as a model of faithfulness. With that, let me remind you today that every person who has come to faith in Jesus is called to impact their spheres of influence to different degrees, with different callings, and in different ways. Differing degrees with different callings and in different ways. Each one of us. One sure way to get discouraged in that is to compare yourself with others. If we were to compare ourselves with the impact of Paul, well, I need not even finish that line. And if you were to compare yourself to fellow brothers and sisters in Christ with the very giftings in preaching, evangelism, helps, ministries, you can name it, and I could go on and on, but if you did that, you would likely get discouraged. This is why I said earlier, 
Every person, everyone is born with an equal responsibility to take every opportunity to use the ability you have or the abilities you have for the glory of God. And that is why I also said the greatest ability is dependability. For dependability is simply taking every opportunity to use your abilities for the glory of God, to honor Him. You are called to be faithful first and foremost, to love God, and then to give of yourselves and your giftings to others in love. In God's providence, Paul's impact changed the world through his drive to establish and strengthen local churches. Paul was not just about telling people how they can be saved in Jesus, but he was utterly committed to the mission. He was utterly committed to the church. So my question for us today, LifeSpring, is this. Are we committed to being a faithful church? Are we committed to being faithful people? Are we committed to being faithful to the abilities and the talents and the ministries and the things that the Lord has called us to? Are we faithful to steward them well? See, I believe you are. Because Pastor Dan and I got to pray over the stickers that you placed on the board last week. And man, I was encouraged by you. The things you wrote on there speaks to living a courageous and faithful life. I think about the church of Thessalonica. The church of Thessalonica was a group of people who constantly pointed to the great love of Christ and a great hope in Christ. By doing this, they impacted their culture and their community. The city they were in was opposed to the gospel. Still, the followers of Christ in Thessalonica were faithful and had significant impact with the gospel in all of Macedonia. Life spring. You've been faithful through some very hard things. And you continue to run your race. I'm so encouraged by you. I'm so encouraged by you. Keep running your race. Keep being faithful. Keep showing up. Keep taking accountability and responsibility over the talents and abilities that the Lord has given you. I'd like to call up the worship team at this time. And I'll close with where we started. The fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. Faithfulness. And God has given to each of us talents and abilities. And it's only when each one of us take responsibility of our own talents and abilities that we will be a faithful church. So run your race and remain faithful. You play the drums, be the best drummer. You sing, be the best vocalist or singer. You play the guitar, be the best guitarist. You like to encourage, be the best encourager. Run your race. Read His Word. Share the good news of His love. Be witnesses. Be faithful with the talents and abilities that He has entrusted you. Amen? And if you know you're not being faithful in some area or another, today is the day to make that right. Today is the day to make that right. If there are areas you can or should improve in, then today is the day to get started. 
Don't wait until tomorrow. Start today. Make a commitment to start today. We're in a new year. Resolutions are popular at the beginning of the new year. I show up at the gym and it's really full. By the end of January, it has started to thin out a little bit already. Be faithful to what the Lord has called you to. Be faithful over the talents and abilities that He has entrusted you with. And if you need to improve, then today is the day. So let's recap our points for today. Faithfulness requires responsibility. Faithfulness requires accountability. Faithfulness requires dependability. That spells rad. You want to be rad? Be responsible. Be accountable. Be dependable, Life Spring. Let's be rad this year for the Lord. Amen.